few years ago, I saw a large bin that looked like a Coke can, just a, a massive Coke can that had the word God can on it. And the first thought I had was, if I can throw what I can do into that can, then I can see what God can do. And um, it, it ignited a moment where we started to throw our prayer requests, what we could do, our invites, uh, the seed we had, we would throw it into that can. We actually had a little bucket where people could bring their prayer requests and the people they trust and see saved, and they put it into what God can do. So in 2023, we are so mindful um, as a church that God has called us to bring hope and light into a world where there's so much chaos and, and just so much craziness going on. We're called to bring God's hope. And we can do that confidently because our God can. Our God can save anyone. Our God can change any circumstances. Our God can perform any miracle. And we want that to bring hope to our actual church family. Whatever you're going through in 2023, our God can make a change. Um, whatever family members seem so far from God, our God can do a miracle in their lives and bring them into church and let them and help them fulfill their destiny. Mark 4 verse 26 says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground and night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Um, we see a picture of somebody putting seed into the ground. And at the back end of that, uh, that seed growing and God doing a work that only he can do. Of course, our part is to have the faith to sow the seed, uh, to sow the prayer, to make ourselves available um, to be on Dream Team, to to sow ourselves into relationships with other view group people. But as we do that, I do believe God is going to do stuff that we couldn't even hope, dream or imagine. But it's going to mean that we are going to surrender to God and we're going to say, God, you can do this. Um, I can't do this, but you can. Your way is better than my way. So I'm going to sow something in this year, my time, my talent, my treasure. I'm going to make myself available and I'm going to pray and believe that you would do a miracle in our country because we know that yeah. you can. Good morning, you guys. Well, for our new people, my name's Andre. So good that you guys can be with us and you've joined us on Vision Sunday. And this is the Sunday where we trust that um, God would awake you. Uh, would stir up something inside of you um, if you have in, a, in any way fallen asleep to what God wants to do in your life, what He wants to do in our country. Um, the Bible says without vision, people perish. Um, and, and so when we do lose vision, um, there's something that's dying in a way on the inside. Uh, but you and I are called to, to let God open our eyes. Um, so that we can uh, focus and sort of lean towards revelation, God's Word, and that He could ignite us, awaken us to what He wants to do. And that's what we're trusting for you, that even as I speak into the vision, that that God would uh, not only awaken you, but it almost knit us together um, so we could go on a journey. Next Sunday, we're starting a new series, Better Together. And it's actually Valentine's Sunday. So invite your world. It's going to be a bit of fun. We're going to have a photo booth. Uh, but we are going to start speaking into why God wants to use people around you. 
uh, God's going to save you, but He's going to bring people into your world to bring healing into your life. And that's why James says, confess your sins to one another so that you can be healed. So don't miss out on that. But today, it's Vision Sunday. You would have got a sticker. If you didn't, you can grab one at the door. You can put it on your device. You can put it on your fridge if you go there a lot. You could put it in wherever you want to on your Bible. But, but every time you wake up, we want you to remind yourself that God can actually use your prayers. Um, God can actually use um, what you make available to Him. That God can do a miracle. That you don't shrink back. That you actually wake up to what God can do. God has never been able to be stopped. And, and God actually says, I will build my church. And it says the gates of Hades can't stop it. If you, if you look into that, it's the gates of Hades. It's almost like at the gates of Hades, there's death. Death standing and he's uh, making this false statement that death's going to hold you down. And then what we do is we hand in the receipt of Christ's resurrection, say, no, 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 death, you can't stop what God's doing. And if death can't hold you down, what can stop what God can do in our nation, in my family? And that's why God's church is unstoppable because death can't stop it. So what can actually stop it? God's church can be built in any community, can be built in any city, and you and I are called to build. So let's quickly pray. Let's ask God to speak to us. God, we come to you now. We submit to you. We want to do your will. We don't want to fall asleep. We want to wake up to what you're doing. We don't want to just say, God, will you bless what I'm doing? We want to know what you're blessing, and we know that you're blessing and you're building your church. Death can't stop your church. Will you wake us up to the vision that you have for us? And even as you do it, will you also knit us together so that we could be in a unity that you would bless? God, we, we trust that you would speak to us now. And, and, and you know, by your grace, will you also draw us unto yourself in Jesus' name? And everyone believed it said, Amen. Awesome. So you and I were actually made to build. You were made in God's image. And we, I missed you that God's actually building His church. And it says that the gates of hell will not prevail, but God's actually building His church on the earth. And you're made in God's image. And, and if you really want to experience life, of course, it starts with a relationship with God, having a healthy relationship with other people. Um, and then, of course, building, putting your hand to the plow and not shrinking back and not trying to consume but actually adding value. You and I were never designed to consume. You'll never find the satisfaction you're looking for in life if you think you're going to get it by what you can get out of life, what you can consume in this life. But you and I were designed to experience life through, through sowing, through serving, through giving, through prayer, because that's what Christ did. When Jesus comes to earth, He actually gives up His life for our life and you and I were called to become more like Christ. Christ didn't consume. He didn't come to get everything out of life, but He came to give us everything we were looking for. And so you and I, because we were made in God's image, the only way to really experience life is to follow Christ's example and to give and to be generous and to build. See, when you could be building a legacy right now, you could be building credibility, you might be building your career, and that, those are good things you were designed to build. Um, I think stewardship is one of the best gifts you give to yourself. Try having a good day at work and driving home. You'll feel way better than sitting at work and just sitting on social media. Even though you spent the whole day at work, you'll actually feel quite down. 
Because you were designed to add value. You were designed to be a steward. Stewardship is a gift you give to yourself as you're a steward of what God's put in your hand. But you were designed to build. The best thing you can build is God's eternal kingdom. And if you're going to build God's eternal kingdom, the only thing you can take to heaven is people. You can't take anything else. The richest guy in the world and the poorest guy in the world have the same casket in a way. And if you look in the grave, they, got, they could only take people with them. So don't be fooled by thinking that you can accumulate stuff in this life and make an eternal difference. If you are blessed, you've been blessed to be a blessing and to use that resource to see more people reach for God's kingdom. And, and so that's why you and I need to make sure we're actually building an eternal kingdom. That's why when you build a church, you always end up building people. You're adding value to people because the, the church is the people of God. We're the church, and the only thing that goes to heaven is us. That's why if you say the church is growing, it means people are growing. It means more people are being added, more people are being blessed. But, but you and I, if we're going to build, we're going to have to have an attitude of a builder. Uh, we're going to have to see that God's actually building His church. Whatever you build, you can actually also tear down. And you guys know it. You, you've seen things being built and then things being neglected in our communities. And, and you go, well, you can build and you can tear down. Proverbs 14 verse 1 says, The wise woman builds a house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. And, and in our foolishness, we can end up tearing things down. And, and, but the Bible says the wise person uh, built his house in the rock. How? Well, he, he applies God's word. And so you might be building this life that's actually in the other direction to what God's doing or God's Word. And you actually think you've been wise, but you've actually been foolish. You're actually tearing your own life down, your own purposes down, and God's called you to, to build. And, and you can see that in Matthew 7 verse 24, because it says, The wise man built his house on the rock, and the rain comes, and of course it doesn't have an effect. But the foolish person, they get knocked over by the storms, by the hard times in this life. So, so somebody who had a, a different spirit, a building spirit, was Daniel. He's actually in exile. He's in Babylon. He's a Jewish boy. And, and in Daniel 6 verse 3, it says, Then he, this Daniel distinguished himself above, above the, the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. If you look at Daniel's life, whenever they asked him to dishonor God, he wouldn't do it. And, and he knew that God can. I, I love even his friends because you become like the people you spend time with. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they said, you know, you need to bow down. They said, our God can save us. Our God can. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. But I'll let you know our God can save us. And God ends up saving them in a fire. But they had a God can spirit. People who are builders have a God can attitude. And Daniel had an excellent spirit. Um, he had the spirit of God in him. And, and it ends up causing you to rise above the rest. Now, I found by building God's kingdom without even realizing it, I've actually risen above so many people who've tried to build their own life. At one point when I was, when I was um, in my 20s, I honestly, when I did the maths of my life, I thought I was so far behind my friends who went and built their own life. And then when I was 30, my life, God multiplied things in my life, and I ended up passing them. And, 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 and I always thought, I've, I've told you this, the lesson I learned from my 20s is, is when you serve God, it doesn't add up. 
but it does multiply. <laughs> God's not into addition, He's into multiplication. So my friends were into addition. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to travel there. I'm going to do my own thing. And, and they all got the, they got the blessing of addition, but I ended up getting the blessing of multiplication. And, and that's the thing. People who build with the Spirit of God, who build to honor God, to build an king, eternal kingdom, they end up rising above the rest. And, and that's not why we do it, but that's just what happens. I see it over and over. You know, Nehemiah comes back to rebuild the walls of, of God's city. And, and these people who have a different agenda try to get his attention. And what I love about this verse, it says, I knew they were scheming to hurt me. So I sent messages back with this. I'm doing a great work. Of course, he was doing God's work. It says, I can't come down. I was thinking the only way for Nehemiah to stop doing the work and to speak to those people was to come down. And that's the deal. What you'll realize when you walk away from God's work, the next way for you is down. <laughs> you, know I mean? like you, you have to go to a lower level of work. You were doing a kingdom work. Now you're a sudden just doing an earthly work. You used to do an eternal work. Now you're just doing a self-preservation, self-focused life. And it's a lower life. It's not as blessed. And, and hopefully you see when you put your hands to the work of God that there's something that happens in your life supernaturally. God multiplies and He lifts you up. You even have a different perspective. You see life totally differently. Why? Because you're working on another playing field, a higher plane, another plane. And it's by the grace of God that we get to do it. So for this year, I was praying and I was saying, God, what are you saying to us? And, and of course, the front end of the year, we said we need to put prayer cards out. Uh, we're not going to complain. We're going to pray and see what God does. And I encourage you to carry on praying for this nation, praying for your family, praying for your business, praying for yourself as an individual to, to reach your destiny in God. Um, and then last, in the fast time, I just felt Jeremiah 29, that, that, that I needed to speak into this again. Um, these people um, were, they, they were, they were in exile. They were Jewish people who got taken to live in Babylon. Um, they, they were God's people, but they'd been disobedient, and they go get carried off. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, defeats them, and they're like slaves in a way. But of course, King Nebuchadnezzar brings the best of the best, and, and he tries to assimilate them into the culture. Um, if you look at it, they're actually on the outskirts of the city, and, and they don't want to go in. So they're on the outskirts of the city, they don't want to go in because they don't want to be assimilated. And they had these false prophets say, ah, oh, it's only going to be two years. And what that word did inside of them was almost created a consumer mindset where they thought, well, I'm going to protect myself. And then God sends a prophetic word from Jeremiah to them. And it says this, so in Jeremiah 29 verse 4, so, so says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the captives who I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Um, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Seek peace and well-being of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your false prophets who are among you and your diviners deceive you. Pay no attention and attach no significance to the dream which they dream or to yours. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name 
I've sent them, I've not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed in Babylon, I will visit, I'll inspect you and keep my good promise to you to bring you back to this place. So we see that God's saying, they lie, they're saying it's going to be two years, but I'm actually going to be, it's going to be 70 years, and I want to let you know, I want you to build. How, does, how do we relate to the Scripture? Because they were foreigners in a land, and God's saying, I want you to make this land your home. I want you to cause this place to prosper. Well, New Testament Christians, we are also foreigners. If you look at it, in James 1 verse 1, it actually says that we are resident aliens. That's what Christians are. You and I are resident aliens. You and I are from heaven and we live here on earth. Um, We are here to be ambassadors. We are living in kingdom A, but we're representing the kingdom of God, like kingdom B. We represent, we, we bring the faith of our kingdom. We bring um, the, the work ethic of our kingdom and we bring the culture, the prayer culture. The, we bring that. You know, we don't, we're here to bless it. We're going to live here. We're going to build, but we don't assimilate in the means of we don't take on their culture. We represent Christ's culture. You and I are vessels of grace. God says, as you pray for the city to prosper, you also, you and I bring a prosperity and a blessing into the city we're in. That's actually our calling. You are a vessel of God. You should be standing God, praying for your city and building a city. There's an anointing on your life. Why would God call you to what He'll not bless you to do? He's saying to them, build, grow, pray. Seek the prosperity. There's an anointing on God's people to bring that even now. But he's saying you don't assimilate. You go, well, how do I end up carrying out the kingdom culture that that God wants to bless, that God can do miracles through, God can, and not just get, well, it's simple. It's a, we living in a westernized culture, a worldly culture is me focused. A kingdom culture is others focused. Well, think about it. When it comes to money, a worldly culture says, it's my money. A kingdom culture says, all good gifts come from God. God gave me the ability to produce wealth. All things are God's, and I'm a steward of all things. Uh, earthly culture says, it's all mine, and it's, it's good to give a bit away. A kingdom culture says, it's all God's, and I'm always available to say, God, what do you want to do? Sex. Sex is all about me. Kingdom culture. Sex can only be had when you're willing to give all of yourself to the other person. So that's why it's for marriage. Sex outside of marriage is all about you. Getting a bit quiet in this place. It was quiet the whole time. Power. Power is all about me. I lord it over people. I've worked hard. Who are you to ask me for stuff? Kingdom culture. God's blessed me to be a blessing. God's positioned me to bless this nation. Positioned me to bless my street, my community. How do you know if you've assimilated? Well, in money, sex, or power, you're self-focused. And you'll know you've assimilated. You've walked away from a kingdom culture. 
So God's saying, you guys are representing me. You are resident aliens representing kingdom B, kingdom A, and you bring my culture. You're ambassadors for Christ. You know, in Acts 17, the Bible says, God determined the exact places man should live. Because the front of the scripture says, Nebuchadnezzar brought you here. Then it says, God, God says, I put you here. I do believe God does things in cities on purpose. What's the fastest growing city in South Africa right now? Cape Town. They say in the next few years, we'll be 900,000 people bigger. And what, they're saying soon, we, what they measure, how tang by the, uh, the, the city, we'll have more people in our city. You know what it says to me? God is moving people to the city, so the church better move. <laughs> the church better grow. The church better reach out. God is saying, I'm going to start something supernatural from the city of Cape Town that can bless this continent. You, I'm doing it. You go, oh, they're moving because it's immigration. They said they moved because of Nebuchadnezzar. God said, no, I moved you. I know what I'm doing. But will my people wake up and see that they can build, that they can trust for the peace of the land? So, so somebody might say, you know, the, Jeremiah is just trying to make us good citizens. And I get it. Just so that we're a bit more quiet. We don't cause hassles. We don't go on Facebook and complain about King Nebuchadnezzar. Have you seen the service delivery that the Babylonians, these O's are so oppressive. They're like, they're just trying to make us, you know, it's tit for tat. If we're good to them, they'll be good to us. And they're just trying to make us good citizens. Well, actually, no. Because Jeremiah said, you need to pray for the peace of the land. The, the Hebrew word there is shalom. It's a prosperity for Babylon. It's a joy. It's a, it's a, it's a even mentally a healthy mindset. You're really looking out for the good of the Babylonians. And the word shalom, they pray for shalom. That was used in the Psalms where it says, pray for Israel. Pray for Jerusalem. So they would have been, you can't say that. God said we must pray for Jerusalem. You're saying exactly the same word. And the only way we could do that, you can only pray for people that you love. So God's going, I'm calling you to a higher calling. I want you to love the Babylonians. Well, they know whoever you Prayer equals care. When you start to pray for somebody, bitterness leaves your life. When you start to pray for somebody, your heart softens towards them. When you start to pray for somebody, you start to love them. And God calls them to pray for their captives. Pray for their oppressors. Pray for the people who hurt them. And he calls Christians to do the same. It's the closest scripture in the Bible that comes to the New Testament scripture. It says, pray for those who persecute you. So he calls them to that. And God says, you know, without love, it's useless. Because think about it. Build, plant, marry, seek the prosperity. Yeah, you can do those things, but without love, it's pointless. I'm going to build this country, but I hate. I hate the ANC. I hate the DA. I hate, like you mean? You think God's going to use that? You're fooling yourself. And you're probably self-righteous. I'm great. Look at them. God wants to use us. 
But He prepares us for the miracle by getting us to pray for the land, getting us to pray for our neighbor, getting us to pray for the people. God is about to bless us. He's about to bring increase to us, but it starts with prayer. That's why we've been saying to you guys, will you pray for the nation? Will you pray for your workplace? Will you pray for our community? We will not shrink back. We will not actually get into the enemy's territory where we think we need to fight fire with fire. No, we know God is bigger than our enemies and we are vessels of grace. Nothing can stop what God's doing. God's church will even grow in a country where it's persecuted. And you and I can carry the gospel forward. We can let God soften our hearts. We can carry His love. God can do miracles. How are we going to start? We're going to pray for the prosperity of this nation. The cool thing is, even as we do it, our hearts are going to be softened and we'll become people who build. We're not going to diminish. We're not going to waste away. So in this year, I want to encourage you to build. I encourage you to pray, first of all. Then I encourage you to build. Number one, keep building. Don't shrink back. What are you building with your words? You're building faith or fear? If you keep building a culture of fear, even by what you share on social media, then stop it because you're a builder of faith. You're a builder of God's kingdom. Don't let your circle become people who pull things down. You're going to lift things up. You're going to pray. Sometimes you'll be confused and angry. You just keep quiet and you go pray again. Because you know God does something amazing. The next thing is, I want to encourage you to keep planting. To be generous. As mentioned in the video, Mark 4 verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how. He doesn't know how, but it says our role is to sow a seed. We have to plant. One of the best things you and I do as Christians, it says we plant ourselves in the church. We've got growth track coming up this Tuesday. You need to know, discover the heart of our church and your spiritual gifts. Come, because that's a, a way you can plant yourself, discover your gifts and start to make a difference. But come, 6.30, you can just show up at the door. We've actually formed a new growth track, so it'll be even better than the previous ones. You, you guys are getting the best of the best. You know what I mean? The other guys have got the old stuff. Like, you know, when they say, I did growth track two years ago, you're like, ah, you know nothing. Anyway, but, but come plant yourself. Plant yourself. Um, get into a view group. I found when I was in a group of people, they encouraged me to step out for God. They encouraged me to stay generous. You do become like the people you spend time with. Don't shrink back. We're called for more. We're going to have to plant ourselves in the church. We're going to have to uh, plant uh, our time, our talent, and our treasure. We're going to say, God, I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to put something in the ground that you can work with. God just needs something to work with. A little boy brought him lunch. He said, that's perfect. I'll multiply this. But I promise you, God will multiply what you bring to him. God will multiply what you put in the soil this year. God will multiply. He'll bless it. You and I were called to build. Nothing can hold us back. If the Israelites could be built in a foreign land where they were captors, we can build here on earth, even though we're citizens of heaven. We can build in this nation. Life's not about what we can get from it. It's all about what we give, can sow into it. We're kingdom people. This is a seed and harvest time. You get it while you're alive. After that, you're in heaven. This is the time to plant the seed. Last thing is, keep serving. Keep praying for the nation. If you haven't got your prayer card, go grab a prayer card, fill out, uh, write, write uh, prayers for the country, write prayers for 
uh, the, the area. Write, write a prayer for your family, for your marriage, for your children, for your workplace, for people who need to know God. But, but pray. Seek the peace of the place you work at. Seek the peace of the land. See what God does with it. He'll soften your heart to, your, to the, those colleagues. He'll soften your heart to our nation, to our politicians. He'll do a miracle. Join the dream team. You know, we serve God by serving people. That's our dream team is they serve you. The best way to serve God is to serve God with other people who also want to serve God because you become like the people you spend time with. Because serving is the highest use of your time. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58, always give yourselves fully to serving the Lord because you know that your service for the Lord is never wasted. You might be wasting your time. You won't waste it serving. It's the highest use of your time. Serving is the secret to greatness. Jesus said, if you want to be great, you must learn to serve others. Service will be rewarded in heaven. At the end of Jeremiah 29, verse 11, so after verse 10, he, he says, if you do this, you know, you pray for the peace, you build. He says, you know why? For I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being, not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. That's what he'll say to South Africans. I want you to build this nation. I want you to pray for this nation. I want you to pray for the peace of this nation. Why? Because God's got a plan. You might say, the devil has plans for this nation. He does, but so has God. Whose plan are you trusting in? God can do a miracle. You don't shrink back. This is our time to build, to sow, to serve. Let's be people who give God something to work with. God looks across the nation. He goes, there's a church who's praying who's serving, who's planted. Why do we do it? Because God wants to bless us. God's got a plan to prosper us, not to. You say, oh, this is a disaster. Well, that's not God's plan. God's plan is not disaster. God's plan is one of peace. Can I ask everyone to grab their break near bread, communion, and then stand up? You can pull back the top see-through layer and you'll get the little wafer. And hold that in your, your hand. But, but God says in a way to His Son, think about it, Son, Jesus is the Son of God. Son, if you live, they will die. But if you die, they will live. Others focus. And his body's broken for us. Let's thank him that his body was broken for us. You can take that. Of course, his blood was shed for us. they put the blood on the doorpost because the angel of death was going over Egypt and every firstborn child would, son would die but, but they got warned if you put blood on your doorpost death will have to pass you by now because of the blood of Jesus we've been forgiven and death has lost its sting and you and I get to have death pass us by one day we're going to be forever in heaven it's all by His blood 
Come on, let's open up that foil. Thank Him for His blood. That Precious blood has left me forgiven. Pure like the whitest of snow. Powerful to make sin and shame retreat. This covenant is making me whole. So I through on, on serving, on pl- getting planted and building, that somebody could laugh at us one day. Oh, look what you did. What's come of it? But Scripture says God can't be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he'll reap. He can't be mocked. And so any of our sowing and our planting and our serving for His glory will never be overlooked. It's never lost. The, the best use of our time is serving God. It's never wasted. So even as I call you guys to position yourself for what God can do in 2023, I know it's a discipling tool. It's not a thing to come do what we do. No, no. You and I are Christians. We disciple as we follow Christ's example. You as others focus. And we see in Scripture that God wants to use us to build no matter where we are. He doesn't want us to shrink back. He wants us to be planted. Yes, there'll never be a place on earth where you're just a resident. Every place in this planet, we are resident aliens. We are from the kingdom of heaven, representing God where we are. So we are never at a time where we find a place where we should build. Every season's a place to build because there's no place on earth that's actually home. Heaven's home. So we build, we sow, and we're vessels of God's grace. And we see that God can do miracles as we make ourselves available. So I encourage you, if you haven't done Growth Track, join us this Tuesday, 6.30 to 8.30 in this building. If you aren't in a view group, yes, you're going to learn the road, but you're going to grow in a circle. You need to become like, you need to spend time with people you want to become like. You can go to our red banner to sign up for view groups. Use your Next Step card. Best way is just go online, 
it says view groups and you can click on a group you want to sign up to and the leader will get hold of you. But you need to take a step, get planted, get rooted. I want to also encourage you to pray every day for our nation, for your workplace, for your marriage, for yourself as an individual and see what God does as we pray for the peace and prosperity of our city and our land. God can do miracles. God bless you guys. Have an awesome Sunday. Take your sticker home. God bless you.